So uh, a couple of nights ago, I was with uh, a couple who had been long-time friends. We were having a meal together and um, just catching up, enjoying each other's company. Um, and all the way through the, the evening, we kept coming back to something. We kept coming back to what a messed up world we live in. Yeah, amen, yeah, thank you. In fact, it started out with uh, my friend right early on in the evening saying, uh, uh, what a messed up world we live in, we need a new flood. I think we're doing all right, aren't we? Um, but all the way through, I mean, we were talking about things like, you know, the strange politicians we currently have. And they are getting stranger. Uh, we, we were talking about Brexit. We were talking about massive issues like global warming. And time and again, we kept coming back to, because both, for both of us, our kids are all older, uh, how hard it must be to bring up kids in today's environment but the kind of pressures that they face that are so different to the pressures that we face. And we were thinking about all sorts of things like, you know, the pressure of social media, the pressure of reality TV. I mean, has anyone ever watched Love Island here? Come on. Yeah, shame on you. Shame on you. I mean, Love Island is, is all about the superficial and the sexual. And it pushes these things as things to achieve and to aspire to. And all of this is watched by very young kids. Really young kids sometimes. And my wife, Andrea, she works in a, in, in a children's nursery. She's an area manager. They've got 90-odd staff. Uh, 70 of them are under 30. Every single one of them, every single day, all their conversation is about is Love Island about who's with who and who looks the best and all those kind of things. And all of that is a pressure on people, a pressure to conform to certain ways of looking and certain styles of behaviour and certain beliefs. And all of this is kind of, kind of pressing down on kids. And currently we have kids now in this country who at the age of four years old are having issues about how they look. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, a kid of four-year-old should just be running free, having, a, having lots of fun, not suffering with anxiety or stress. And yet more and more kids now are going to the doctors with huge mental health issues because of the pressures that we put under them. And time and again, as we, we talked with these couple who aren't Christians, and we kept saying, you know, what a messed up world how hard it must be to bring up kids today. And uh, let me encourage you to pray for all our parents in church as they bring up their kids. Because they need that, don't they? They need the wisdom of God. And it's great today, isn't it, that we've baptised two babies. They're baby Christians. And for me, as I think about how we help them, we have to help them navigate through all the pressures of this life. Pressures upon all of us that we all face to believe certain things, to act in certain ways, to watch certain things, all of which may not be conducive to us growing in Christ. See, every single one of us, no matter how old we are as a Christian, are still in the process of growing in Christ. I don't care how long you've been a Christian, you are still growing in Christ, aren't you? Amen. Thank you. All of us are. Some of us, sadly, stay as babies. And that's a crime. 
Because there's so much of God to experience and enjoy. But we are meant to be a people who are growing. And Paul writes his letter to the Colossians as a, as a kind of young baby church. And he's writing to them at a time when there's all sorts of pressures on them to conform to certain things and to believe certain ideas and philosophies. And he's writing to them and saying, look, it's all about Jesus. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is supreme over all things. Don't get sidetracked by other ideas or beliefs. Focus on Jesus. And he's writing to them to encourage them to grow up in their faith, to be mature in their faith. And it seemed to me like this was a great passage to look at as we remember to pray for and encourage our two, as one of them, our two young Christians to grow in their faith. And just those first two verses alone that we heard say so much. The two verses said this. So then, just as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. I just want to look at those two sentences as an encouragement for each and every one of us to grow in our faith and to think about what it takes to grow in our faith. And the first thing that we read is Paul says, continue your lives in him just as you received him. How many of you can remember the day you became a Christian? No one. Oh, great. So it's good. I can. I was 21. And I can remember that incredible sense of a weight being lifted off me. I can remember the sense of freedom in my heart as I realized that Jesus loved me and had died for me. I remember just a sense of joy. Not long after I became a Christian, my vicar asked me to share my testimony. All I could say was one thing, I'm happy. That was it. Basically, he asked me to preach and he was expecting me to preach for 20 minutes. And all I could say was, I'm happy. That was it. Two minutes and sat down. Uh, I was just filled with joy. And you could see it in Tam and Malk, couldn't you? Just that sense of joy as they discover Jesus. Now, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, let me ask you, are you still living in that joy? Because we are to continue in Christ just as we received him. And we received him in joy and we need to continue with him in joy. Our lives should be characterised by joyfulness. Our lives should be characterised by a sense of lightness because we are not weighed down by the things of this world. We are set free. We are free in Christ. And our hearts should be, need to be filled with joy. Now sadly, there are some Christians who you find it hard to discover any kind of joy in their life. Fortunately, none here. But I've been, I go to lots of churches in, in, in all sorts of different capacities. And you can go to some churches and you'd be hard pushed to find any joy. As Christians, we need to remember, we have been set free. You were saved, not because of the things that you did, as Malcolm so incredibly reminded us. Not by your own efforts. Not by your own hard work. You weren't saved by all the good things that you did. You were saved by grace, through faith, 
in Christ. It was a free gift given to you. And what's it like to receive a gift? It's joyful, isn't it? Even at my grand old age of 57, I love a gift. Nothing gets my heart going like a gift. I'm just, that's a hint, all right, guys? Okay. <laughs> Whiskey, always accepted. Uh, but joy should be in and exhibited in all of us. Is your life marked by joy? Is your life still living in that exuberance of knowing Jesus? Now even the psalmist said, didn't he? Restore to me, O Lord, the joy of your salvation. There are times when we all need to come back to Jesus, remind ourselves of what he has done for us, remind ourselves that it is a gift, it is not a burden. And to rediscover joy again. And I think there are some people here today who need to rediscover joy. The joy of knowing Jesus. The joy of having his life at work in you. The joy of having the Holy Spirit at work both in you and through you to touch the lives of others. Let me encourage you, if you have lost your sense of joy, to come back to Jesus and not try and work at finding joy because you don't work at finding joy. You find joy simply in coming back to Jesus and remembering it's not about you, it's about what he's done. It's all about Jesus and in him there is joy. After all, it's the second fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Love, joy. Is there joy in your life? The second thing that Paul says to us, and he starts to really mix up his metaphors as he goes along, but he starts by saying, uh, be rooted in Christ. In other words, dig deep into Christ. Let your life be so nourished by Christ and Christ alone that that's what people see. And some of us need to dig deeper into our relationship with Jesus, because that to me is what it's all about. It's about having a relationship with Jesus that nourishes us. That allows his life to flow into us. Now I guess, like me, you all have this. There are some people that you can spend time with. And when you leave them, you feel energised. you got people like that in your life? You just feel like, yeah, life is good. Life is worth living simply by being with them. And then there are other people in your life... You spend an hour with them and it feels like every ounce of life has been sucked out of you. <laughs> have you got people like that? Yeah, yeah so have I. His name's Simon. No, <laughs> <laughs> but we all need to be with people who give us life. Now, being with Jesus should be like that. Being with Jesus should allow us to, to draw upon his life and his nourishment and his resources, his strength. His power, his love, his grace, that should be filling us each and every day as we live a life in relationship to him. Now, I'm not talking here about your quiet time with God. It includes that. I hope that you all have a time each day where you just spend it with God. But a plant doesn't just throw down its roots for 30 minutes a day and then draws them back up again and carries on doing what a plant does. A plant draws on the resources of the soil all day, every day. 
And that's what we need to do as Christians. As we follow Jesus, we need to live in the constant awareness of our relationship with him. Our constant awareness of his presence in our lives. Our constant awareness of his grace at work in us. And you can do that. You can, whether you're at work or shopping or doing whatever it is you do from Monday to Saturday, you can live each and every moment of every day in the constant awareness of his presence with you. And in that there is life, there is nourishment, there is food for your soul. And don't we all need that? As we face the pressures of life to draw upon resources other than ourselves. To draw upon resources that can only come from Jesus himself. So let me encourage you, dig deep in your relationship with Jesus. Don't stay in in a baby relationship with Jesus. Allow your relationship with Jesus to grow, to flourish, so that every moment of every day, you're aware of his presence. And then Paul mixes up his metaphors. He goes from roots, an agricultural metaphor, to building an architectural metaphor. He says, be rooted and built up. And I want to encourage you to build high, to not just dig deep, but to build high. And when you look at some of the building metaphors in the New Testament, they often refer to how we live our lives and the kind of character that we have. It's about how we shape our lives. And I think if we are to be Christians who are growing in our faith, we need to set high standards for our behaviour and character. We need to set high standards on how we live out our lives each and every day. That we don't just set our our standards so low that we could be indiscernible from a non-Christian. Now, we don't often talk about purity and holiness anymore. But we need to be, be a people who are set apart for God. Whose lives are holy and pure in every aspect of our lives. Whether that's how you treat other people, how you handle your finances, how you think about your ambitions and desires, the things that you watch, the things that you talk about. All of those kind of things need to be lived out in holiness. We need to set high standards for ourselves. But alongside that, we also need to set high standards of grace for ourselves. Because I can guarantee that you will fail. But we come to Jesus in grace, don't we? And God is always gracious to us. And his grace is always sufficient for us. And I love the fact that Paul talks about kind of these roots that go deep and then building kind of, and it creates this kind of space, doesn't it? You go deep and you go high. Because it, later on in that passage, he talks about how all the fullness of the deity of God is in Jesus and all the fullness of Jesus is in us. You need a lot of space for Jesus in your life. And the deeper you go with Jesus and the higher you build your life creates that space for more of Jesus to fill. Do you understand what I'm saying with that? You need a lot of space in your life to allow Jesus to be at work in you and through you. And by setting high standards and trying to live to those standards, 
is about creating the space for God to be in you and at work in you as you reach people for Jesus. So let me encourage you, dig deep, build high. But the third thing he says is, get strong. Get strong. He says, be established in the word that you were taught originally. And that word establish is get stronger. Get stronger in the word. You know, the last few weeks we've uh, focused on the work of the Spirit. And absolutely, 100%, we need to be a church that is actively engaged with the work of the Spirit, that's living out our life in the power of the Holy Spirit, where miracles and healings are just normal. That should be our aim. We need to be a people of the Spirit, but we also need to be a people of the Word. We need to be a people who understand, apply the Word to our lives and live it out. We need to be a people who understand scriptures. And all too often, we have flaky Christians who are ignorant Christians. See, if you are ignorant about what you believe, you're always going to be a bit flaky. I can't tell you how many people who, who, were, who came to faith at the same time as me in our little church in Magul, who are no longer following Jesus. It's not because I'm better than them or anything like that. It's just because they never base their faith on something solid. I've got people who I trained with to be a vicar who are no longer with Jesus because they didn't base what they'd learned in reality. They didn't shape their life around what they'd learned in Scripture. And we all need to do that. We need to both understand what Scripture says, apply it to our lives, and live it out. Don't simply be a person who understands Scripture. They are the worst kind of people. You have to be someone who applies scripture to your life and lives it out as well. Because that is building your life upon the rock. That is building your life on something solid. Anything else, you're building it on sand. We need to be a people who are basing our lives on what we believe. So we're to dig deep we're to build high, we're to get strong, and finally we're meant to be thankful. In fact, Paul says, be overflowing with thankfulness. Okay, confession time. How many of you, and I'm going to put my hand up to this, complained about how hot it was on Thursday? Come on, be up. Okay, keep your hands up. And how many of you still complained yesterday when it rained so much? <laughs> yeah? You know, the one thing that we are really good at in this country, the thing that we excel at is complaining. If there was a, a World Olympics on complaining, we'd be gold medalists every time. We would be great, wouldn't we? And unfortunately, Christians get sucked into that way of life as well. We are grumblers, we are moaners, we're complainers. Don't like this, we don't like that. We are meant to be a people who are overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with gratitude to God for all he has done for us. And shouldn't we, more than any other group of people, be grateful? Because we've been saved. We have received the grace of God. We've received salvation. We've received new life. The grave is not going to hold us. And we know that we'll spend all of eternity with God. Isn't that something to be grateful for? Thank you for that. I've got someone saying amen. Thank you. 
We should be people whose lives are characterized by a sense of gratitude. And joy and gratitude go together. We should be a people who live each and every day just thankful for all that is around us, thankful for all that God has given us, thankful for the people that we belong to here. I mean, just take a look at the people around you. They might not look it, but they're all amazing. They are all amazing. They've all got incredible stories of God's grace, all got incredible stories of what God's been up to in their lives. They're all doing incredible things for God in different ways. You are surrounded by amazing people. That's something to be thankful for. But we should allow our thankfulness to God to also be expressed in thankfulness to other people. It shouldn't just be vertical, it should be horizontal as well. So you're actually living a life where you are consciously and consistently thanking people for what they've done is actually countercultural. Not many people do it these days. Just saying, ah, oh, thank you for what you did. I really appreciate that. Thanking the, the, the barmaid at the pub or the, the waitress at the cafe. Thanking the checkout girl at the supermarket. Thanking for the person who gives you directions to wherever you go. Thanking the person who just gives you a smile. Expressing thankfulness to people is actually countercultural. Because so few people live like that. So few people want to live a life that is not characterised by moaning. You're going to hear it when you leave here today and you talk to some people and they're going to be moaning about the weather. Paul says later on in Colossians, let your speech be full of grace. How are you going to express that to someone today? Because let's face it, we need the water from the sky, don't we? And we need the hot sun for those of us who like the sun, that's me. And Chris, looking by the colour of him. <laughs> He's actually glowing over there. I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit or if it's a tan, I can't tell. But we should be a people who just go about living life thankfully and gratefully. You might know people like that, and they're a pleasure to be with, aren't they? People who are just grateful for life. I love my life. I really do. I was with someone last night and, and they, they actually said to me, you love your life, don't you? There's absolutely nothing about my life that I would change. Apart from maybe being a bit better looking and less grey. But what could you do, you know? You make the most of what you're given. Be thankful. Thank you. <laughs> I am kind of, yeah. I'm learning to be. But I love my life. And this person could see that and they just said, you really do love your life. There's so much I'm grateful for. Let me encourage you to look at your life and be thankful for it. Thank God for it. Look at what God has done for you and thank God for it. See, it's a mark of maturity to be living a life that is full of thankfulness. So if you want to know if you are growing in Christ, here's a quick, simple thing for you to do. When you wake up in the morning, ask yourself, how grumpy am I? Or how thankful am I? Are you getting up and saying, oh, call me back. Oh, no, it's raining again. Oh, I've got so much to do. Oh, oh, oh. Or are you getting up thinking, wow, it's another new day. God's at work and God is good and he's good all the time. So you can 
Check your maturity in Christ simply by looking at your grumpy level. (laughs) And the more mature that you are, the more thankful you are all the time. Maybe just let that sink in a little bit. We are all in the process of growing up. We are all in the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. We are all in that process of moving away from the things that are assigned to the babies in faith and becoming mature in our faith. And to do that, we need to live constantly and continuously in joy. And we need to dig deep in our relationship with Jesus. And we need to build high with the standards of our life. And we need to get strong in the word, understanding what this word means and apply it to our lives. And we need to be thankful. Perhaps above all, we need to be thankful. How do you figure on all of that? What do you need to work on today? What do you need to go home and think, yeah, there's this area of my life I just need to work on in order to grow more? Allow God to speak to you about that. Would you like to stand? Uh, The band are going to come up and they're going to lead us in a moment in uh, some songs. And uh, there's two things we're going to do. There's going to be over here, as ever, a group of people who will pray for you. It might be that... uh, in the stories that you've heard today, in something that you feel God said to you, you know that you need to receive prayer. Maybe you need to receive prayer for healing. It's fantastic to hear Sheila's healing, wasn't it? You know, she, she forgot to say that she'd been prayed for. That's why God healed her. So why not receive prayer? It might be that you just, you're aware that there's no joy in your life right now. Let's pray that God will do something about that because it is a fruit of the Spirit. So why not go and receive prayer? There'll be people over on that side who will pray with you. But wouldn't it be great to also now pray for Tam and for Malk? Wouldn't it be good to do that? Yeah? Yeah? So what I'm going to ask is, if you don't want to go over there and receive prayer, that some of you, okay, I'm asking for action here, uh, come and pray for them. All right, so maybe over on that side, maybe Tam and Malky, you'd just like to walk over to that corner a little bit. Just, just over there, yeah. And uh, some people are going to come across and they're going to pray for you. What I want you to pray for them is that they are filled again with the Holy Spirit because they need all the resources of God at their disposal. Uh, pray for their protection. Pray that they will grow. And pray uh, anything at all that you feel God lay on your heart for them. All right? And then for those of us who aren't getting prayer over there, and for those of us who aren't getting praying for them over there, we're going to worship. Does that sound like a plan? Okay, great. Uh, So I'm going to pray for all of us first. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the work that you are doing in people's lives. I want to thank you, Lord, for those who've been healed. We want to thank you, Lord, for those who are getting saved. We want to thank you, Lord, for those who are experiencing a new sense of life in them as they come back to you. And Lord, I pray now that for each and every one of us, you would help us to grow up as Christians. To be people who are marked by joy and thankfulness, by a deep relationship with you, by an understanding of your word that is lived out each and every day. 
Lord, help us to be those kind of people. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to worship, and uh, I'm going to go over there and pray with these guys. A couple of people would like to join me. That would be great.